Revelation, the final book of the Bible, is ultimately addressed to the seven churches in the Roman province of Asia, in present-day Western Turkey. And these seven churches are literal historical fellowships, but they're also symbolic and representative of all of Christ's churches throughout time and space. Revelation is that book of the Bible that growing up our preacher preached every Sunday night. It was Ralphie and Revelation, and boy, it's good. So Revelation is perhaps and almost definitely one of the most uh, misunderstood, or not necessarily misunderstood, but hotly debated books of the Bible. Faithful brothers and sisters in Christ fall on different, in different camps on how to interpret some of its finer points. But Revelation is undeniably apocalyptic. It's undeniably poetic. Through vivid symbols and powerful imagery, John shows us what is underneath, behind, and above our present struggles. Apocalyptic literature, like Revelation, cuts through the mundane malaise of the information scroll in our brains to show us God in all His glory breaking into the world that He made. Poetry is frustrating sometimes. Poetry rewards the patient and the attentive. Poetry frustrates the pragmatic one and the hurried one. Poetry is sweet to the ones who find God beautiful, and poetry is frustrating to the ones who find Him merely useful. Poetry in many ways makes adults like children distilling words into pictures that are both difficult to interpret but profoundly simple and straightforward. So together, adults and children, hear the word of the Lord. This evening, as we fix our hearts and minds on the coming of Christ and all that means for us, we turn to an incredible Christmas passage that includes a woman, a dragon, and a baby. The title of this homily, sermonette, if you will, is The Woman, the Dragon, and the Baby. Look with me in Revelation chapter 12 if you have your Bibles. If not, just listen. We're kind of getting into the thick of Revelation where it gets really fun to, to read. And John begins, And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his head seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she is, has a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. Let's just jump into the symbols for the next 10 minutes and see what we may have in them. First, we see a woman. The text says she is clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. We know she's pregnant, and we know she's crying out in birth pains. Who is this woman? I think this woman is the people of God from Israel to the church. 
I think this woman is a picture of faithful Israel from whom the Messiah would come. She is true Israel, given the perfect knowledge and power as the people of God, groaning in the agony of expectation. Her clothing harkens all the way back to Genesis 37 and Joseph's dream with the sun, the moon, the crown, and 12 stars. She is clothed in strength and beauty. She holds power and dominion because she belongs to the living God. She represents God's people from the 12 tribes of Israel to the 12 apostles and the movement that would flow from them, the Old Testament saints to the New Testament saints, all of us, she, the true Israel, clothed with the sun in glory, with the moon under her feet, with God's dominion, and with a crown of 12 stars that the people she represents is giving birth. She's crying out in birth pains. Now let's look at the second uh, powerful symbol in our text. We see a dragon, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and on his head seven diadems. His tail sweeps down a third of the stars of heaven and casts them to the earth. Let's think about this dragon. The text says he has seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems. He is red, the color of blood. Here is the enemy of God's people. Here is the one who rules over the seven Gentile nations. This dragon is all of them in one. This dragon is Babylon. This dragon is Assyria. This dragon is Egypt. This dragon is sin. This dragon is death. This dragon is shame. This dragon is guilt. This dragon is the spiritual enemy of all God's people. This dragon is Satan. This dragon is universally powerful, represented by his seven heads. He is very shrewd and very smart. But his diadems are different than those of Israel's. His are not jewels of authority, but crowns of self-given authority. It's the Kroger brand of authority, if you will. This dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems is alive. He is powerful. He is rebellious. And he has a plan. His plan is to destroy the one that's coming from the people of God. Destroy the one coming from the line of man. So we have this woman. We have this dragon. And what's the picture that it's painted for us? There's a picture of this dragon standing ready to devour the babe that comes from the woman. Wherever we look, whenever we think about Christmas, there is always danger and an ancient struggle between good versus evil implied. The dragon stands before the woman that he might devour the baby as soon as he is born. The text says that she gives birth to a male child, right? Verse 5, she gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, but her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Here we have a picture of the people of God coming from the Old Testament prophecies of, of the Messiah coming, of Christ being born. And here is the enemy's great plan. He's going to stop the plan of redemption before it ever even gets started. We can read much about Herod's attempts to kill Jesus. We can see from the text how the wily schemes of the devil are working their way out to try to thwart the mission of 
the Messiah. But in our text, imagine the woman groaning in childbirth, getting ready to have a baby. The dragon, I mean, he's right there like the doctor at the hospital, man. He's ready to take this baby and he's ready to end it. But somehow between the baby being born and the baby coming into the world, the baby is snatched up by God, poetically and metaphorically speaking, so that the, the desires of the enemy would not come to pass. Now the patient reader may ask, the baby is snatched up. What happens to the woman? John goes on to tell in the rest of chapter 12 that you can read tonight at your Christmas Eve gatherings and really, really, really entertain your family. Um, the rest of chapter 12, he goes on to tell of this angelic battle in which Satan is ultimately defanged as the accuser of God's people. And now that he can no longer be the accuser of God's people because of what the baby has accomplished, he now has to be the deceiver of God's people because he no longer has a plan to sell. He now has a lie to convince. So Satan is defanged. The dragon is, is killed in this great cosmic battle. And a loud voice cries out in this cosmic battle in verses 10 and 11 in Revelation 12. I'll just read them. Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him. Imagine being the persecuted church who's hearing this. You guys have conquered Caesar. You guys have conquered your persecutors. You guys have conquered Satan. How? And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. Satan, the great dragon, is depicted in Revelation, is now a salesman with nothing to sell. He accused God's people, and he was right. But now because of what that baby has done, because of the life that baby lived, because of the death that baby died, and because of the resurrection of that baby, you and I are declared innocent. Our sins are washed away, and before God we have the standing that Jesus has earned for us. We have overcome the great dragon through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And that is a done deal. But the dragon does not go down without a fight. We pick back up in verse 6 of our text. And the woman flees. The woman flees the dragon in the story into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which she's to be nourished for 1,260 Days. The number is symbolic. The number represents, if we let the text interpret the text, that number represents the total length of time that that dragon is going to be fighting. <laughs> so the whole time the dragon's fighting, God's providing. The whole time Satan's deceiving, God is giving us sustenance. The whole time the dragon is fighting, God is protecting. At the end of chapter 12, the furious dragon goes off to make war with the rest of her offspring on those who keep the commands of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And today that war continues. 
today like the churches receiving this letter. The enemy is making war with us. He wants us divided internally. He wants our loves to grow cold for him, for his word, and for our neighbors. And he wants us to be distracted from what matters most. Which is why this evening in worship team, you guys can come on up. I wet you wish all my sermons were this brief. Which is why this evening, I said morning, it's just habit. Which is why this evening we need the words of the apocalyptic pastor, John. Because the apocalyptic pastor cuts through the malaise of the urgent to show us what is ultimate. This evening we're reminded as we leave this place that the baby has been born, that the baby has defeated the dragon, that the plan of God is victorious and the plans of the devil have been thwarted. You won't see that on your Twitter feed. You won't hear that on the news, whichever one you watch. The things you see there matter. The struggles around us matter. We have to engage them. But we need the words of the apocalyptic pastor this Christmas Eve, reminding us the grand narrative that's unfolding around us, reminding us of the cosmic battle which our Savior has won, and reminding us all why that is the lens through which we see all things. So why does this matter? The baby is the king of kings. The baby wins. It didn't look like that baby has any chance against that dragon that's waiting for it. But the plan of God will never fail. And the wisdom of God comes in the form of a baby, while the plans of God come in the form, plans of the enemy come in the form of a dragon. But even a baby in the hands of God can defeat a dragon in the hands of Satan. We're reminded that the battle rages, but the baby wins. We're reminded that the accuser is now just the deceiver. We're reminded that the dragon fights hard today, and we're reminded that the dragon will lose, and the people of God will win through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The nations will fall, Jesus will rule, the United States will be but a footnote in the story of all things. Everything that's so pressing today will fade to the back. This Christmas, we are reminded that that baby holds our lives and all of eternity in the palm of his hands, and we have nothing to fear because that baby has crushed the head of the dragon. So tonight, in this silent night, we wait with the crouching dragon. Tomorrow morning will rise, the dragon will be gone, and the baby will be on his throne. Tonight we wait, and tomorrow we feast. For yesterday we were dead, and today we live. For the baby that's been born has eluded the grips of the crouching dragon, and that baby is the hope of the nations and the hope of your heart. Because that baby was snatched up into heaven, we can rest and we can worship. Let's rise and sing of this silent.